The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. people it's wake up in the den kule agbayani alan mia january 18th i can't believe more than halfway through this month already and it's going by so fast into this new year and speaking of beautiful people though i want to send my condolences and love and aloha to the friends and family of ron Minor, who passed away suddenly as it was announced yesterday and as you heard our chaz on tai say but um mainly because I, I like because he is he was a really genuine person. So when I used to work at the Hukilau in downtown, uh, he would come there a lot just to like eat and, and how he was like a he liked his glass of white wine, as my previous co-worker Emerson had reminded me. He liked his white wine, was a white wine drinker, but always very kind, just very, had like, you know, when you can just tell when someone has like a kind soul. Um, that was Ron Minor. And we talked a lot about basketball. So it's kind of, you know, I always say how basketball is like my favorite sport. And actually, he and I talked a lot of basketball because he loved basketball, too. And I think our first conversations, though, as it starts when anyone asks who my NBA team is, it's like the Orlando Magic. So he got a chuckle out of that. But I'm used to it. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. It's what it's he's like, probably Orlando thinking. Magic. And then, of course, it's like, how are you an Orlando Magic fan? And then it gets into all of that. But no, but he was he was very, very kind. And um, when I saw the news, I was just kind of, it, it, you know, it got a little sad because, again, like he's just. For all accounts, he was a good, genuine human, and we don't have, it feels like these days we don't have enough of them. So, uh, again, just want to send my love, aloha, and condolences to the family and friends of Ron Minor, and still very, very young, too. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to start off the show with that. And again, yeah, it was basketball. Tough, tough news to a guy, uh, you know, for... Someone so influential in our state and, um, you know, also with the love and passion of sports that we, we of course, have here. And so, you know, like you said, our, our hearts and prayers are out with the family. It was a good way to start the show, to acknowledge. Um, and and really just that's it, it, it keeps playing on what you said the other day on Martin Luther King Day. Just just be kind to people because yeah. you never know when, uh, you know, they, they that saying is tomorrow's never guaranteed. So that's why be kind today because you don't know if you'll have that opportunity tomorrow. So, um, you know, just really brings it to the forefront again. Yeah. And I would hope, right, if something were to happen to me, people will be saying the same thing. Like, oh, wow, she was really kind. I know Alan, I don't know, he would have to mix like, well, emotions. But... <laughs> you see, what happened was. <laughs> no, but I, and actually the Hookie Lao too was where I also met um, the late and great Billy Kinoy, another beloved politician as he uh, served out there on the Big Island, and he was another one, just very kind. And when stuff came out about him, I was like so angry because I was like, "That's not him. Why are people trying to spin like make him this bad person?" Because he's like so so nice and very Mister Aloha, like what he looks like on TV. He's like, "Oh, Aloha, oh, His- sis, sis. Oh, can I get that?" You know, like just very warm and same vibes again from uh, Ron Menor, just like just had that kindness that you can just tell is genuine and it's just not them trying to be politically nice <laughs> yeah no uh you know billy Kanoi, 
always remember him for his uh, commencement speech. I forget which university, though, he did it. Mm. Was that at Chaminade? No. <sighs> I forget where it was, but but you saw a genuine Billy Kanoi. And, um, and you know, of course, he he had his troubles, um, but, but when you look at the grand scope of things, he, everyone makes mistakes, you know? Some bigger than others, and we get it, but, you know, genuinely, like, when you had, like, one-on-one interactions, or if I did, you know, they were they were genuine to us, and, and that's what matters, right? But, um, yeah, our hearts and prayers. It, it's a tough day this morning, and especially for the people in the state of Hawaii. Yeah, all right. So, coming up later today, or right immediately following the show, we have the return of Sharks Weekly. I know it's been, it feels like it's been like forever since we had Sharks Weekly, so it does make its return today, and it will be on a new day, same time at 9 a.m., but it will move to Wednesdays, so it used to be on Mondays, but now Sharks Weekly will be on Wednesdays at 9 a.m., starting today and moving forward, and we feature, and we have a new host. We have Jeffrey Rich who is the, what is the VP of communication, strategic planning and communications, something, something one of those yeah. fancy job titles for this. something I'll never achieve in my <laughs> no. life. So we I just, just block we have, it out. We have two more job titles, yeah. Alan. So we don't know if we can get like the five plus um, title. Actually, <laughs> I have a five uh, name oh, title. Okay. never mind. You're fancy. <laughs> Why not just have two? But it's like the two, and then you have like a bunch of job descriptions that come under it. So I guess, but on the on the business card, it's only two words. Yeah, no, it's not as it's not as fancy. But anyways, Jeffrey Rich is the new host, and today he talks to HP Women's basketball head coach Katie Novak and associate head coach Christian Dewitt. And the Sharks have a big game actually tonight. They did. They had a big game on Saturday, which they won against Biola, seventy-seven sixty. 77 to 60 and then tonight though is a really really big game against Azusa Pacific who is at the top of the Pac West Conference sitting sitting at 9 and 1 and they play oh they play Azusa Pacific tonight and then Azusa Pacific's only loss is to Dominican who is also ahead of Hawaii Pacific University but that's because they have more wins so Azusa and Concordia sit at the top at 9 and 1 followed by Dominican at 9 and 2 and Hawaii Pacific at 6 and 2 so go on with your bad self lady sharks but there's Super awesome, the two coaches, and we love what they're doing with the program. And I, I always joke, but we have, we obviously we have love for the men's program too. But you know, I always give the women like their extra shout out, like, hey, doing their thing, go ladies and the lady sharks. So, uh, if you can get out there, we have like so much going on today, like it's crazy. So there's HPU basketball going on tonight. We, however, will be right up the street at Farrington High School as we are going to bring you. OIA boys basketball tonight. So it's going to be Callahale versus Farrington, Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht with the call. The governors are two and six in the division two East and the Mustangs are four and four in the D one East. So it, in hindsight, it will be, even though the records, it seems a little not that great. I think the matchup them itself will be really, really good. So be sure to tune into that right here on Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Again, tonight, OIA Boys Basketball, Kala Hill versus Farrington. And you can also, here's a friendly reminder, that you can also check out archives of the games at hawaiisportsradio.com. Click on the OIA Sports tab, or you can listen wherever you get most of your podcasts. And more OIA Sports, because, you know, we are the home 
for the OIA and a proud radio broadcast partner. Next week is a big week. Next week, Monday, we will have D1 OIA Girls Basketball Semifinals. And then on Wednesday, we will have the D- Division One and the, the Division Two Championship Games. And if it's anything like that, those volleyball matches that we covered, we're in for a treat and it's going to be really exciting. And it's at Farrington. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Alan, why are you trying to throw me off over here? Because all the schedules I looked at said I'd call a hail. Well, I talked to Harold, too, and he's like, yeah. He didn't tell me otherwise. <laughs> what are you looking at? Scoring life for one. And I saw somewhere else said I'd call a hail, too. Hmm. <laughs> this radio it's I'm like, Alan's trying to throw a wrench in like my flow over here as like I'm trying to say everything and then he's like showing me the, the I just paper. No. I know like, and then it throws it me then. off. I, yeah, but you, you can tell me during the break. <sighs> well, my mind's elsewhere because I gotta fix a bunch of things if it's <laughs> Well, I'm looking now you ha- I had to look it up now because now, now I'm like I'm looking at the official like the one that I get from the actual OIA and Farrington is the school that's listed first and that's the school that it's the home team. <laughs> so we're going to go with that. And hopefully Harold didn't tell me that it had to move for whatever reason that it had to move. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, don't get thrown off. Like it threw me because you know how. Okay, so this is a, a a not a life lesson, but I know a lot of people aren't aware of this, uh, except for soccer. In the U in the U.S., the home team is always listed second. Like when you look at schedules and whatnot, so that's how you know if you go if you look at schedules, and if you go to ESPN.com and you see matchups. Aside from soccer, the home teams for. NBA, NFL, NHL, yada, yada, yada. The home team is always listed second. So it did throw me off a little bit looking at these schedules because they actually list the home team first. And I'm so conditioned to see the home team as the second team listed. that, it, And that's why with Alan kind of saying, oh, this is what it is. I'm like, oh, my gosh, now this is throwing me off some more. Because up until today, they've never had that swap. So if anything, it's because... We got to go give Farrington a call and maybe they moved it because of whatever circumstances. So we're just going to go with that for now. (laughs) As Alan is like sitting here investigating in his own self too. All right. So we kind of got off on a tangent there. But anyways, keep in mind, I know I do know for sure that we will be out at Moana Lua next week. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Yes, because same thing. I called Koachi. Or I emailed Koachi and was like, we're going to come for the um, semifinals and the finals for OIA girls basketball um, playoffs. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So those games will be at 530 and 730. Same with the championship games on Wednesday. The playoffs themselves get started tomorrow for Division 1 and Division 2. So a bunch of games and we'll try to keep give you the score updates as it goes on. But to getting the first round by, however, in Division 1, you have Mwanalua, Radford, who we did a couple of games for and are looking really, really good, Kaiser and Campbell, another game which we brought you with Campbell and Radford. 
And then on the Division Two side, getting the buys are Castle and Pearl City. So again, we'll keep you guys posted with that. Anyways, when we come back, got to step aside because we went on a tangent. Thanks a lot to Alamia. <laughs> I'll take that one. My bad. Well, when we come back, we will talk University of Hawaii men's volleyball, which is another thing that's happening tonight as well. Uh, All that and more next on Wake Up in the Den. still have the broadcast mm-hmm. tonight, but now I got to go make sure I get mm-hmm. double check with Call Hale. Hey, that's not an apology. It's mm-hmm. it's a no one told Kule. Uh, no, no, no. It is. You but you were gen- saying I was wrong. I'm just saying. I think I'm I deserve saying, an apology. I think I'm like, Alan, you But were I wasn't right. wrong either, so uh, there's no you apology. You were. Uh-uh. I went, January 9th, my, I went by my sources, and my email went out January 13th well, my after sources. it had been moved. <laughs> and so somebody, who shall remain nameless, did not tell me that it was no longer there. It's funny because you talked to the person who will not be named after the change was made. I know. That's why I'm like, that's why I'm saying I'm not technically wrong. I just... <laughs> Oh, man. Wasn't being given okay, well, at least the good news is I don't have to change my billboards. <laughs> well, yeah, the schools are right. <laughs> no, I, I at the location, too. I had the location right, too. Remember? Because I always oh. say, let's go to the campus of... Oh. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> okay, anyway. You know what would have been real funny? It's I, I get the call at 6 o'clock tonight and be like, we're at the gym, but no one's here. <laughs> We're set up, but it's empty and dark. Well, we wouldn't be set up because then it would be locked. Like, hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Anywho, moving on. <laughs> Might be the greatest show in the history of oh mankind. Oh, my gosh. Right now. Oh, my goodness. This is like. This is like something that should have happened last week, Friday, because it was like Friday the 13th. It feels like one of those kinds of shows this morning. Like, what uh, is going on? Been up all morning. <laughs> Anywho, all right, getting back on track. So, coming up tonight, also, so we have OI boys basketball coverage, and then we have HPU basketball out there in Mono at the Shark Tank. But also going on is Rainbow Warrior Volleyball happening tonight against St. Francis. That will be 7 p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. But also want to give a shout out and congrats to Spiros Hakas, who after winning the Big West Player of the Week, was named the AVCA National Player of the Week after his performance 
in last week's sweep against Ball State. So, by the way, AVCA, in case everybody anybody was curious, is the American Volleyball Coaches Association, as I know AVCA has mentioned a lot. So he's the junior from Greece, led the team in kills in both matches against the Cardinals with 19 in the opener and 22 in the rematch. He averaged 5.13 kills per set for the series and hit 485. Currently, the outside hitter ranks number two nationally in kills per set and number nine in hitting percentage. His 22 kills is tied for the fourth most in a match this season and marks the second time he eclipsed 20 kills in his career. The award is his first of his career and first by a Rainbow Warrior this season. Last season, two Rainbow Warriors earned the National Weekly Award, Jakob Tella and Demetrius Muklias. So, our Paul Brecht was out there at the University of Hawaii to attend a little media scrum with head coach Charlie Wade and also Spiros Haka. So here is Spiros just talking about receiving the award. And of course, you'll hear our good friend Rob DeMello, <laughs> Spiros Hakas and coach Charlie Wade. All right, man. So I imagine you had in your mind as far as how you wanted to start the year. I imagine Big West Player of the Week, National Player of the Week, it doesn't get much better than that. You pretty much hit all the targets you wanted to, right? Yeah, I'm definitely humbled and grateful to receiving these awards. Um, but as we've mentioned before, these don't get past the practice team's doors. Uh, we know, we all know what we can achieve as individuals. But what is important for us just to bring that in the group and help each other, you know, achieve something greater. You finished last season on, on such a high, and so what did you do in the offseason? I know you went back to Greece, and, and uh, like Coach was saying, I mean you had to play with grown men on the national team and, and fight for playing time, but how did you push yourself to make sure that that trajectory continued into this season? Yeah, you know, going back home summer, I kind of made sure that I had to pick up where I left off in the season, uh, and it was very competitive in the summer with the national team. I had to fight for a position in the starting lineup. Uh, things so that made me elevate my game in all, in all parts, and I think it helped. And it's evident your your leaping ability this season has grown. And so, uh, what did you do in the off season to, to help make that happen? And, and is it like a Hercules thing where the, the longer your hair gets, the, the higher you jump? Is uh, it? <laughs> I don't know about the hair. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, in the off season, there was not really off season for me. It was just going back home, getting the team, the national team, since June first, all the way until August twentieth. Uh, so it was non-stop volleyball at a very high level with elite athletes. I think that's just what helped me, motivate me, and just raise my level of play. What do you make of uh, St. Francis coming in? They, they uh, played Stanford last week, right, to open their season. So what, what do you make of uh, St. Francis? Yeah, we haven't watched much film yet. This is going to go on today and tomorrow. Uh, but I think I'd like before every series of games, we kind of focus on our side more, and we make sure that we take care of what we can take care of. And going forward with this series is what we're going to do as well. Good to see you. Yeah, for me, receiving since a young age was kind of a weird thing because growing up I played all positions. So I played uh, setter, middle, outside, and opposite. So I didn't really have time working on my passing. So now that I'm here for these last three years, you know, I've dedicated to the position of outside hitter, I've had a lot of time to work on it. And I think it reflects on the court. It's gotten better, and there's all there's a lot of room for improvement still. Good Thursday match. That was something you guys talked about to improve the passing. Do you feel like you guys are a little sharper on Friday in the second match? 
Yeah, I think it's not as much as improvement as to showing what we can do. We know we have uh, what we have and what we can do, both uh, old me, Taj, and Shui. Uh, we know what we can do in terms of passing, and we just need to prove it out there. Yeah, Jakob, Jakob can run for sure, but we like, of course, being system as much as we can, and it makes things a lot easier for us. <laughs> Alan, falling asleep at the wheel over there. I love how everything is my fault. <laughs> Location change, Alan's fault. Again, that was Spiro's Hakas. <laughs> the. <laughs> The AVCA National Player of the Week and also Big West Player of the Week as well. But also, here is Rainbow Warrior Volleyball head coach Charlie Wade talking about their upcoming matches as well. The anticipation of getting this thing going again, that's now in the back burner. Now you're in it. So uh, how excited are you to, to see these guys get that first experience of all the attention, all the anxiety of like getting back onto the court and, and now just getting into the, the thick of things here? Yeah, it's, um, like I said, a pretty veteran group and it's been obvious all fall that this group needs to compete. You know, um, we're, not, we're not doing a lot of teaching in the practice gym, just kind of fine tuning and, and, and you know, guys have found ways to get better individually, but really as a group, we need to get out and compete. You brought that up last week as far as the fine-tuning of things, and so how has that changed your job on the practice court? Because I imagine for years, as you built this thing up, it, it was more teaching than anything else, and now to be able to kind of have to change in that regard, I mean, what is yeah, it just, like Yeah, we're just, I guess one way to say it is we're a little farther ahead. This is a little more like what we would do later in the season, um, but again, with so many veteran guys, you know, that... Uh, they all speak the same language and know what we're doing, so we really can focus on uh, more aspects of team play than individual skill. Uh, Spiros having the, the week that he did, I saw today his name National Player of the Week, his Big West Player of the Week. Uh, how exciting is it to see him be able to start things off with that? Yeah, great to see him get recognition. You know, at the end of the year, he was great, was MVP at the Final Four, and, and really has just kind of continued to be in a very ascended phase. He continues to improve in a lot of different ways, and excited to see him get some recognition. And lastly for me is uh, at the end of the year, he had that trajectory. How much did you challenge him in the offseason to try to keep that thing going up so that when the season starts up, he is where he is? Well, he was challenging himself. You know, the season ended, he went back to Greece. He spent the summer with their senior national team and, and really had to work hard to get time on the court playing with and against adult men uh, the entire summer. And, uh, you know, see the benefits from it. His game certainly improved. Where have you seen him make the biggest stride from the area of this game where he's really well, I'd say the, just from a technical standpoint, he's a better receiver um, since he's been here. And he's just more physical, you know. I mean, he's you know a lot closer to an adult man now. He, he jumps higher, he's harder, and, uh, and his ability to score out of system has uh, gone up quite a bit. St. Francis, uh, what can you tell us about this program that comes here uh, this week? Uh, you know, they, they opened up at Stanford, and uh, while they lost both, one was in four and one was in five, so they made a cross-country trip and went and played a really good team on the road and got them into a fifth set, so um, they're going to be able to play at a pretty high level. We're going to have our hands full. Yeah, pretty good size. You know, they outblocked Stanford while they were there. They got three guys averaging over three kills a set, so um, like you said, they're, uh, they got good players. They're going to play a high level. 
veterans in the this team and the How much did that kind of come into play this past weekend you know, when you had some, 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 some kicks and values? There? Yeah, I think, you know, it was never panic mode. As bad as Steamy was early on, you know, he settled out and had a nice night. And, and collectively, we were all bad serving, certainly on uh, on Friday. But if you look at it at the end, it was it was pretty good. And certainly the second half of the match, it got better. So, um you know, again, with so many veteran guys, there's not a lot of panic when things don't go perfect every time. They're just not going to go that way and just stay focused on the stuff you can control. And, um, and overall, we played well enough to win. Yeah, you know, again, he's a guy that's just come so far in a short amount of time. He's so much better than he was a year ago. And he was playing great at the end of the year, and he's just kept moving that forward. Excited to see. And all those guys, they got this year, Jazz, Spiros, Brett, the core of our receiving group. Uh, they got this year and next year. So it's exciting to see where, they're, where they can take this. And once again, that was Rainbow Warrior Volleyball head coach Charlie Wade just talking to the media yesterday as they are coming off of that sweep over Ball State for which as any kind of touched on it or was asked about it in that Friday night match where they dropped that first set 23-25 but then they woke up and you know figured it out winning 25-23 25-18 and 25-18 so they host St. Francis tonight at 7 and also on Friday at 7 but on Friday's match or before Friday's match at 4:30 they have the alumni versus alumni match i haven't seen any uh, the list of who is attending or who's going to play in that game but that'll be pre- that's usually always pretty fun to go out and watch and see all the former rainbow Vo- warrior volleyball players so UH looking to keep their streak going as our top team as it starts our quest for a three-peat. I mean, it's like we're spoiled at this point. It's like, oh, three-peat or bust. Like this season was a bust if we don't win it again. Just because we have everybody returning, you know, they they looked a little shaky making mistakes again, as I mentioned in that first sit on Friday. But, eh, saw the banner raise. Maybe it wasn't all there. And then they kind of woke up like, all right, you guys, we need to get this win. And it's not like Ball, Ball State is a good team. I think the preseason poll, they were like fourth or something. So they're up there. They're, they're, they're no like pushover whatsoever. But it's just it's just funny how now when it comes to men's volleyball, us Hawaii fans are just spoiled at this point. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the combination of, like you said, banner raising night, your concentration is just not there. You're kind of excited. You, you just went through this whole emotional process of watching, you know, your your second uh, cha- national championship banner being raised at the Stan Sheriff Center in front of a almost packed crowd, and um, you know it's it's very special and and rightfully so. Then I think your concentration just takes a little bit of you know a little bit of time to really start to kick into overdrive to where you go like okay let, we got to refocus here. And I think this team is so good because of that veteran leadership that they're able to like have those moments where kind of go like oh no this this isn't going to be good, and then they can all of a sudden refocus and and get back to who they are. Um, what makes this team special is I think what Charlie Charlie put it best. He goes, we're doing things now that we wouldn't be doing till later in the season. Um, you know, we're that far ahead of you know we're we're lucky enough to be that far ahead of the process only because of the veteran uh, you know the veteran group that they have with almost everybody uh, returning. So yeah, we are spoiled because I can't imagine this team not being a national champion uh, team. But it but it worries me right because because you get spoiled with this like. I would on it because with this team, you go, okay, there's a legitimate, like, you don't say that too often. You're like, yeah, there's a chance we could be, but no, there's a legitimate chance. Like, we could be back to back to back champions here. 
But then I'm thinking like, well, what happens then after that? Because then a lot of the the senior, you know, a lot of this veteran leadership group is gone, and now you're gonna have to roll in the freshmen and sophomores. Are they have they been around the program long enough to really step in and, and be that go-to guy right off the get-go? Or are we going to go through this kind of rebuild again? where, Or not again, but like this rebuild situation where you're going to have to go like maybe one or two years with, you know, not making it to the finals or the at least the final four. So it kind of worries me like after, it's after this year was what thing, scares right? me. Like, remember when we didn't win the championship and we had like Stein Van Tilber and yeah. Rado Parapunov and you're just like, man, I thought the same thing. Like, how are we going to get better than this? And then they're like, I, I mean, I don't think this team is necessarily better than that team. I think we just have sustained our quality of volleyball here. And and Coach Wade said it too. Like a lot of their receiving core, they're returning next year. So they're just always going to be like that level of men's volleyball. And also, you know, to to be fair, like our, who we faced in last year's final in Long Beach State, their best player, who we're still hurt that he won player NCAA we were just player of the year over Jakob Tella, but that's neither here or there. That's in the past. But he, you know, decided to turn pro. So their best hitter at Long Beach State, like he left to turn pro. So we, and we got our core back and especially Jakob Tella, who everyone speculated, like, is he going to go turn pro? Is he going to leave us? But he's here and he stayed I, and yeah, we're I just the, so good. I think the lure of, of three national championships were too a little bit too much for him to walk away from. And I know he could have made big money overseas playing professionally, but I, I just, I think it's special to be able to say you're a collegiate champion, not once, not twice, but three times, and I think that that was why he came back. Plus, knowing that the whole core was back, I don't know if he would have necessarily came back if he had, you know, lost a lot of that veteran leadership outside of himself. And you know, it was him, and then with a bunch of, uh, you know, maybe sophomores and juniors that didn't really get to play much the last few years, and now they're stepping in. I think he probably would have gone then, but I think because most of the core, the starters, the starters were coming back, I think it makes it that much more special for for this group. Um, I, I think the crazy thing for me is not only Jakob Tella being back, but then when when you, when you hear uh, Spiros Hakas' name, you think like, man, he's he's been part of this program forever. He's only a junior; he's still got another year <laughs> after why. this. You know what I mean? So if like, let's say we get three championships, he literally has an opportunity if he decides to come back and not turn pro, he'll have an opportunity to, to you know all four years of his collegiate career being a champion. That that'd be pretty darn. Can cool. Can you imagine like if we figure out the seamless way to? with the NIL, with the international players. Like, oh my gosh, there's like, there would be no competing with our volleyball program because then the players would stay because it's not it's not like football or NBA, heck, even G League money, you know, depending on how good you are. International volleyball is good enough to make a living, but it's not something that's far-fetched that can't be, I don't want to say matched, but at least come close. Like you can get a decent amount of pay here if they can figure out the whole international student situation so that would be pretty interesting when you just have all of the players I think staying like, it's like all right you guys all you football like you know collectives or whatever can pay your players millions and millions of dollars and we're all going to be here loading up like national championships got to fill up the the rafters in the simplify arena at stan sheriff center with all like volleyball but banners was, but it was crazy it's crazy though when you talk about nil money and especially like international dollars i don't know how long that's going to take to even like try to figure out a way to make that work because you're you're talking about like some of these countries have big stupid dollars that really can throw, you know, a, a very big imbalance of things. Um, and I think, you know, like, 
it's it's really Middle Eastern money is where you get scared of on the international dollars. And so, yeah, I just I, I don't foresee that coming anytime soon. But it would be crazy because I, I think when it comes to the volleyball world, though, you know, that's a lot of European dollars that would come be, to support like, you know, the, the players that are going to eventually go back to those countries to play mm-hmm. professionally. So I agree with you. I think it would be nuts because I think Hawaii is the no brainer uh place to go just because how we view volleyball here in this state and as a community uh the crazy one is women's volleyball for me with the nil i'm interested to see like when the nil really gets going and then like people even in this state start to get behind the nil what that will do with with some of the talent that has has now gone to the mainland and gone to the you know your your big 10 schools and your sec schools but now will we be able to get them to to come to hawaii with robin and what she's doing with the program turning that around you know, you, you saw some really good freshman play, sophomore play this year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what that does for the women's game and especially for volleyball out here. Get us back to that, you know, prominent stash where, status where we're always top 15. You know what I mean? Top mm-hmm. 10, top 15. Well, yeah. that's the thing, though, with women's volleyball. It's just a lot more competitive, at least in the recruiting landscape with a lot of like those SEC, Big Ten type of schools where men's volleyball, well, one, not a lot of universities have the program, but when you are already a winning program and you can get even just a little bit of NIL. A lot of these guys are like, I'd rather go where I know I'm going to win and, and and make money. and make just a little bit instead of, all right, where else can I go to make money? But no, but I want to win. Kind of like what we see going on with the SEC and Big Ten football schools. They're like tons of schools are throwing money at these kids, but they're essentially going to choose somewhere that they feel like they can win. Or most of them are. I'm, I'm sure there are a few, just like in the real world and adult life. Some people are only going to think about taking the money, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I'm like three Peter bust. Uh, just to wrap up our volleyball conversation, though, the 2023 NVA slash AVCA Men's National Collegiate Coaches Poll does have Hawaii at the top. This was released a couple of days ago. UCLA is at number two, Long Beach State three, Penn State at four, Pepperdine at five, and Ball State, who we swept, is at number six. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. Of all the beautiful people, it's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alamia. Talk, we're talking a lot of men's volleyball, but I mean, it is Hawaii, so that's kind of how it is. Uh, during the break, though, Alan and I were kind of talking about their upcoming schedule as they do play. So we mentioned the poll, the coaches poll before we went to break. Uh, some They play some of the top-ranked teams coming up in March. They play Penn State and UCLA in the Outrigger Volleyball Invitational. But to open up that tournament, they play Purdue Fort Wayne. No knock on Purdue Fort Wayne because I'm sure they're amazing. This is that, that like in the betting terms, like in the betting world, that's a trap game for Hawaii because you're talking that tournament as of right now. That's number one, number two, and number four in the nation in this one single tournament here in Hawaii. And then you got again, please, if you're from per- Purdue Fort Wayne, I apologize. Don't take this the wrong way. But then you got. Purdue Fort Wayne, um, and uh, and that's one of those games. Especially as the first match, you go like, okay, are they going to take their foot off the gas because they're just conserving energy, looking ahead to you know to to uh, to UCLA and and Penn State, or is it you know going to be a rotational thing where some of the guys off the bench are going to get some time, but you know they may might 
you know, anything could happen with when you got guys that aren't normally in the rotation getting in because, again, it's, no offense, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Um, so it, you're it, just like throwing out the jinx at this point. I know. Alan. I'm no. I'm just, I'm being. I'm being a realist. You're gonna have like this and crazy think, like and, outside hitter or like middle blocker that we're not anticipating, yeah, and then be, be like, like, "What is going and, on?" And here? then they're gonna come on air and be like, uh, "Purdue this, buddy." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no. But it's a trap game for me, and it's scary. So you just hope you, at that time Hawaii's just rolling, and and they just you know pin their ears back and, and just keep going forward. So, but that, what a tournament, because this is the first time Penn state's coming back. And I think almost four years, I, I, they were scheduled to come back right when the, um, uh, the pandemic, sorry, um, happened. And so they couldn't. And then, you know, between Hawaii and Pen- I guess, uh, Pennsylvania, there were some strict, uh, travel laws and bans and in, in place of the pandemic. So they couldn't get around. And this is the first time it's been fully opened up so that they could come back. Um, and and they both had pukas in their schedules for it, so pretty cool. UCLA, of course, always comes out, and uh, I think between women's volleyball and and men's volleyball, UCLA and Hawaii have that just relationship. Um, strange not to see Mike Seeley there for the women, though. Um, <laughs> but then, um, but so it's it's pretty cool to see Penn State finally just say, you know what, we're we're getting back out here. We're gonna we're gonna uphold, you know, they keep scared. That's why. No, you know what? They they wanted to come back. They just couldn't because of the travel restrictions and every. I shouldn't say bans. It was it was more like you know the process, the travel, needing you know vax card or shots yeah, or yeah. tests, and so they just it, logistically it, it it couldn't work for them. And so, but as soon as it was all lifted, they and there was pukas in the schedules. They came out so. Props to these guys that 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 really, you know, have the fortitude to come out here and play us at home in a packed house, being you know who we are and what we've done in the past few years. Especially Ball State, man, and I'm I'm thankful they didn't drop in the rankings like you and I were talking about. Oh yeah, I can't drop someone like that. But I want to kind of now that I glanced over at the men's volleyball schedule. So this is crazy. So if so again, this is the NVA slash AVCA National Collegiate Coaches poll. And as we mentioned before the break, you have Hawaii at one, UCLA two, Long Beach State three, Penn State four, Pepperdine five, and Ball Go State waves. at six. So the crazy thing is that if this obviously this is like really early season just started a lot of like that tournament that we were talking about with UCLA and Penn State coming, that tournament is in March. So anything can happen in the rankings from now till then. But if the rankings were to stay like it is right now or similar, we're talking like the top teams are playing each other here in Hawaii, like within like back to back matches. So starting March 1st, we host Pepperdine. <laughs> So Pepperdine, which who is currently fourth in the poll, or no, it's not fourth, sorry, fifth in the poll. So that's who they would, I guess, start off with first. And then you have the Outrigger Volleyball Invitational, which we mentioned. And they, they Hawaii plays Purdue Fort Wayne first, but then plays Penn State and then UCLA. And then right after that UCLA game, I mean, not right after because they do have a little bit of a break, but to open up the Big West Conference, they host Long Beach State. So it's just like, that's going to be some exciting and high quality men's volleyball just to start off that month of March. And again, like I said, anything can happen in the poll from now until March. I mean, that's a whole like month and a half until then. But it's still pretty interesting and pretty cool to look forward to. Because either way, you're not going to think that like these 
top schools aren't going to completely drop off. Like they're still going to be competitive to, to have all of those matches like back to back to back. That's going to be some really fun stuff out at the Simplify Arena at Stan's Sheriff Center. It's crazy too because when you think like there's some like, uh, what's the word? Um, like other national champions in other sports, and you go like, you look at the schedule, and you're like, how are these guys a national champion? They're playing a bunch <laughs> yeah. of cupcake. You know what I mean? Like they don't deserve to be ranked that high because they've played nobody. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't say that about this Hawaii squad and and what Charlie Wade, Coach Wade, does uh, with this program and the scheduling. Um, he, they they want to play the top, and they it, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they want to beat the best, and and so it's cool to see that. And the best is blessed. Yeah, and and the best. Sorry, Max. Um, but like, then if you get into, if you're lucky enough to, you know, go on to the postseason and you get through the gauntlet of playing the best, then you're battle tested for when tournament time comes. You face the guys you're probably going to be facing, and so it's not going to come as a surprise. So I, you know what, I give props to Hawaii, saying, you know, yeah, we're back to back. We probably could just coast this thing into the the tournament and get an automatic bet, bid because who we are. Uh, but no, we, we want to test ourselves. We, we want to be known as the best. And to do that, you got to play the top teams and not shy away from them and not duck them, as they say, because they're scared like that. <laughs> and that's the thing. Maybe, again, it worked out perfectly where they're playing these top teams right before the conference schedule starts to really test themselves, kicking off that conference schedule with Long Beach State over here in Hawaii. Well, anyways, got to step aside. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes to wrap it up on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. You can't touch this. 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 Oh, oh. <laughs> It's not it's not like a high note or anything so you're not getting me when you put the music down and I'm singing to the oh, oh can't touch this I can't All right so beautiful people got to tell you about something with the University of Hawaii football program I forgot to make note of this earlier but there is a national letter of intent dinner I briefly touched on it a little bit but so they're, they've, they've had this before, but they're doing it like big time. <laughs> so it's going to be out at the Sheraton Waikiki Lanai Ballroom. It will be on February 1st from 5 to 8.30 p.m. So it's like a big event that they're, they're doing under Nakoa tables and you'll get like the buffet spread and basically what it's going to have is there won't I don't think there will be the actual players there just because of compliance types of things but this is a way for you to hear from the coaches themselves you know not your not sources but the the main source and the coaches about the new players that they have recruited for this 2023 class and each coach that recruited a particular player will basically like talk about those guys and everyone coming in so it's going to be yeah your opportunity to mingle with the coaches and hear about our new players of the program at this super I don't want to say it's super fancy but it's being done in a bigger way than it was in the past and they're doing the whole ballroom and the tickets are on sale now you can either go to nakoa.org or also hawaiisportsradio.com and click on the bulletin board tab there is there's the warrior table 
which is nine guests and a coach for 3000 table of 10 for 2500 and individual tickets for 275 and but again it's just you get the buffet dinner at the Sheraton Waikiki Lanai Ballroom and there will be a special prize drawing which is actually it's a pretty Trust me, you want to be there. It's a pretty good price. You're not going to tell us what it is? You're just going to leave us with a cliffhanger? I've, I've been advised that I... Well, that's just rude. Why would you even well, mention it then? Because it's the style that it's being given away. That's no. all I leave it at that. I'll tell you in the break. <laughs> so well, hurry up. Let's go to break. Until then. I get advised, or I guess in, when we end the show, until I get advised on how I can actively promote, uh, all I can say right now is it's a special prize drawing, and I know what the prize is, and it is pretty awesome. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even said it, but now you have to come and find out what it is. Now you got to buy a ticket or yep. a table. Better yet, buy yep. a table. Bring your, bring your friends. Yeah. Boss man. Yeah, technically, table, if, <laughs> technically, if you find 10, like, friends, you get, what is this, $25 off an individual ticket. So it comes two fifty a ticket. Yeah. So you just got to get your- I can your... do math. Yay. <laughs> That's what I say to my daughter. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So, again, you can either buy tickets online or you can, you know, send it if it's a bigger- hired ticket like the the coach she's the warrior table that you want to get you can contact jen at nakoa but the most important thing if you're even thinking about it get your friends together because the rsvp deadline is this friday so the event is not until february 1st but be sure that to put it a reminder set it on your phone that the rsvp deadline is Friday, if you want to come to the dinner and learn about all the new Rainbow Warriors. So you get to sit with a coach, get to talk story with them. Then they go on stage, talk about like the position players that they recruited, that they got in, um, you know, that they were able to sign. And then they come back to the table and you just schmooze. And then you got the raffle drawing plus the dinner, bu- the buffet. Okay, but bu- bu- I call it buffet, but buffet, because I know people out here call it bu- buffet. Um, why, though, is this important? I, I think that's the point that wh- – why is it important not to only learn about the program and, and, and the, hear from the coaches, but why else is this important? Like the money, what is it going towards for NACOA? Well, NACOA supports the football program. <laughs> trying to get- so proceeds benefit the football program. Gotcha. But you know these days, right? Like a lot of people. Is it like for the training? Like is like well, if it's there, just straight is scholarship to Nakoa, it's it's deviated different ways. So monies are but, distributed uh, like yeah. But if you want to get specific, like I know a lot of people want to donate specifically to like the nutrition program. Then you can get specific, and you can you can annotate, or I think there's like specific funds if you go to UH Foundation that you can. Donate specifically. To what I was trying to nutrition. get to was like, is this is this dinner like specific to like this is going towards like a scholarship programs or like to, towards... this one is just Nakoa. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not like sisterhood social baby, <laughs> which we're going to bring back. Of course, that one always goes to the nutrition fund. But yeah, but I mean, this is more of because a lot of people too, right? These days they and i get it like you know if you if you're going to donate especially if you don't entirely have this type of disposable income like you're going to you want to get a benefit out of it right, right if you're supporting so that's the cool thing is that you can get involved and learn about you know you can go brag to all your friends that hey i learned about all the rainbow warriors from reputable sources that <laughs> well, you're just really giving it to super it's fans usually today. you 
No, I'm not no. giving it to you. I'm just giving it to Sources. My sources said you're giving it to the people right now. <laughs> Which, by the way, I I just got to schedule it. Maybe next week. Okay. Next week or within the next couple of weeks, we will have Coach Shoemaker on this show. So, which we will. Can I ask him what Superfan said? <laughs> it's funny because I did ask him that off air and exactly what I told everyone. It was their agents, like, or they have the same agent or something like that. And that's, you know, lo and behold, people have agents and that's how you get jobs in the big boy world. <laughs> Anyways, tune in tonight for Alan Mia. I'm Kule Ugbayani. It's been Wake Up in the Den. Bye. <laughs> KGUAM K236CR Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.